I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no, did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Friday edition of Oops! The Podcast. I'm your host, co-host rather, excuse me, along with Julio Gallerati. It's Francis Ellis. G, how are you? What's up, dude? How you doing? Yeah, yeah. You know me. Uh, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing well, man. Just uh, trying to make the best of this and, uh, you know, trying to make some money in, while, I'm, while I'm all bundled up in quarantine. Making money? I'm, a tr- I'm attempting to. How are you doing that? I mean, I'm trying to, like, do some little day trades and stuff. What? Uh-huh. What do you think you're doing? <laughs> Dude, I have nothing else to do. <laughs> you're day trading? Like, I don't, know if, I don't know if day trading actually means something specific. If day trading can mean, like, buying stuff in the morning and selling it in the afternoon for profit, then I'm doing that. I'm trying to. Well, like... Like eggs or stocks? Stocks. <laughs> Imagine if I was doing it with eggs. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that'd be pretty fucking cool. Um, <laughs> by the way, have you ever uh, pulled eggs out of a fresh chicken coop? Never. Oh, it is one of life's greatest pleasures. <laughs> are, are they're not just like littered around, right? Like these are, uh, these de- coops it, are intended for this? It depends on how high tech the coop is. Uh, I've seen coops where uh, somehow they had a system where the eggs would drop down like a gentle chute right, and, cool. uh, and they just collect in this place and you could just take them. But then there were other places I've been where you, you kind of had to, you kind of had to almost get the chickens off the eggs uh, to collect them. And, but oh, that's yeah. when they would still be warm and, and then you'd bring <laughs> them in for breakfast and, it really kind of hit home that you were eating eating something that was kind of alive at that point. You, you felt like you were eating babies, but it's okay. Dude, do you like literally lift up their tail and there's a little egg there? Yeah, they, they would sit on them. They, they would lay the egg and then you'd kind of, I think you kind of got them to move. You'd shoo them away a little and then you'd take their, their baby. Kind of like I- Tiger King. <laughs> Dude, this reminds, this makes me think of two things. First of all, eggs are so like, we used to have this thing in elementary school called the egg toss. Yeah. You you guys do that? I've done, I've done it. Not in elementary school, more of like a hazing ritual. (laughs) This egg toss was like, you have to throw an egg off a roof in some kind of device and try to make it not break. Oh, that's like a science class thing. Yeah. So eggs are like durable to some degree, but like, if if chickens are pushing out these eggs, they must be very m- wet. Uh, no, no, <laughs> they weren't. They weren't gooey. They weren't like embryonic sacs. But I meant the chicken's vagina. Yeah, for some reason, the eggs would come out and they'd be dry. It'd be good to go. You could bring them right to a Denny's if you wanted. <laughs> Interesting, because because dude, last week this was circling around during all this you know anti-China sentiment. I saw a video of a guy banging a chicken and I was like, maybe these chickens are just like very, you know, fertile or something. Wait a second. Hold on a minute. There's so much that you just said that doesn't make any sense. Why, why does the anti 
China sentiment have you looking up human chicken porn? I'm not looking this up. I'm just receiving texts from people being like, look what these people, you know what I mean? Like very hateful, oh. which I don't like. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like the whole hate thing. Like I don't, don't buy into that. privy to it. I, I agree with you. Uh, <laughs> what do you, you know, people send me, I've gotten some of this anti-Chinese stuff and I, I, I got it from somebody that I really respected and looked up to. And I don't know if I, I, I don't want to respond and agree because I don't agree. Same. <laughs> but I also don't want to like rub that person the wrong way. Totally. So I'm not going to make a stand and be like, that's wrong. You shouldn't look at Chinese people that way. They have the oldest culture in the world. They are blah, blah, blah. They're, you know, but, but, but so what if, but I'm worried that if I write like LOL, right. Then it's going to, then I'm going to be Billy Bush. (laughs) You're implicated, right? Not, you know, not standing up to Trump when he said, grab him by the pussy. And then he lost his job for it. Right? No, you're right, dude. And so this is what I do. do? Yeah. Tell me. I pivot. I pivot. Uh, so you receive right. the text of the guy banging the chicken and somebody goes, isn't this disgusting? Look what these people do. And my response is, damn, that chicken look thick. Oh, wow. You, you, oh, you play it <laughs> right. You're Switzerland there, dude. That's <laughs> a great play. Right. Ow. Talk about how hot the chicken is. Yeah. Okay. So, so it makes you, it definitely... <laughs> imagine if that like tweet thread or that message thread got posted somewhere eventually and instead of being people being like wow julio's a racist they were like wow julio's really into bestiality (laughs) he clearly got turned on by the chicken and i would say listen man i can look i don't have to touch yeah nobody gets nobody gets canceled for for wanting to to jerk off the chickens that's for sure (laughs) But here's a question. All right. So in my situation, I had this guy who was just sending me all these like thoughts about how vile Chinese people were, along with epithets that I hadn't heard since like the Korean War. He used the the term zipper head. Oh, my God, dude. Which is I, I didn't even know that term was around anymore. And, yeah, that's and- like Clint Eastwood in Gran Torino. Yeah, forgive me for being ignorant. I know that I am, but I, 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 first of all, I didn't, I hadn't even heard that slur until like two years ago for the first time ever. Yeah. Um, and I think it comes from like the Korean Wars when it was popular, but may, maybe, maybe long before that. Um, but yeah, I heard that, and and I, you know, he's just sending me these text messages. How do you pivot out of that? Out of Zipperhead. Yeah, out of someone being like, this is how I feel. They're doing this. They're, you know, they're filthy with the wet markets and all that. That's a tough one, man. I mean, again, you know, I think that if you're really trying to avoid confrontation, the move is to find something that you agree with. So if they're, if they're being really racist and inappropriate and you feel uncomfortable, if they then say the wet markets are disgusting, you can be like, yeah, the wet markets are disgusting because they are. I mean, no one can disagree with that. Okay, so maybe you you hone in on one part of what they said, but that that isn't a complete uh, indictment of of their culture and their and who they are. It's hard to get into via text. Like if I was on a phone call with somebody and they said that, I would immediately be like, "Listen, man, it's not like 
there's no reason to believe it's any, you know what I mean? You can't just be mad at a whole group of people because of this, because then we know what happens when that happens. You would stand up to them. I would. And I have actually, people have said things to me and I've been like, it's really dangerous to just start vilifying an entire group of people like this. Okay. I don't have, there are situations where you don't have the luxury of being able to stand up to somebody. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure people listening are going to have a hard time hearing this, but it's just like, you can't be fucking Robin hood all the time. You, you can't, there are professional situations where you, you can't afford to like fall into someone's bad favor simply because you wanted to make, you know, to teach them a lesson about cultural sensitivity. Definitely. I, I completely understand. I do it all the time too. And then sometimes if you're really guilty, man, because then I watch, documentaries about the horrors that have happened in history and like so many people are kind of just like they didn't want to get they they didn't want to you know what i mean they didn't want to be involved they didn't want to be robin hood all the time like you're saying and it's like it's a really scary concept yeah it is you you always wonder how you would have how you would have behaved in weimar germany or uh you know would you have been the guy following orders or they're just so very, there were so few heroes. Like there were so few Oscar Schindlers um, totally. because I think the, the stakes were so high. I mean, you, you're putting your own neck on the line. It's fucking risky and dangerous, even if you disagree. Um, anyway, totally. Totally. so let, let's, let's, uh, let's put that aside for now um, because I want to get back to uh, the, the, the conversation we had on Tuesday's episode where we talked about that reader submission of um, the story of the girl with the kidney transplant, the kidney yes. that was taken from her. A quick refresher, a girl sent in a story about a friend of hers who was studying abroad, went to Paris for the weekend, went out to a nightclub, got super fucked up, uh, blacked out, woke up in a hotel bathtub in ice water, stood up out of the ice, uh, her, her clothes were folded, her phone was charged, but it was wiped of all of its information. She called 911 and uh, the, the operator said, check your back. And she turned around in the mirror and saw that she had staples. And as it turned out, her kidney had been surgically removed. And, you know, assuming, we, we assume it was sold on the black market for $30,000 or something. Um, we prefaced the whole story with some disclaimers, saying we we had our doubts, uh, and and more it was because I've just been around the internet long enough to know that like you you end up looking really silly if you just buy everything hook hook line and sinker. But we have since I got this great DM from a med school student, um, and he asked that I, you know, protect his identity. So I'm just going to kind of read what he said. And he said, uh, I graduated from, med- I'm graduating from med school in May, and he's going to be an anesthesia resident physician starting in July. Part of my clinical training this past year was to prep and match into my specialty uh, in a lot of comp- helping out and learning in a lot of complicated cases. I'm lucky enough to have finished med school at a pretty big academic hospital that routinely does kidney transplants and have seen or been part of 10 to 12 transplants over the last year. This is our guy, right? Uh, It is next to impossible for that girl to have just popped out of a tank of ice and not felt anything. We usually need at minimum two massive peripheral IVs 
and a central in your jugular line. Wow. You cannot have not felt anything. These are some of the most complicated surgeries. Yes, she can live without one if she's healthy, one kidney. Um, but she's at a much higher risk of kidney or cardiovascular issues later in life. Also, one of the things we really struggle with is making sure the kidney is a match. And this is something I assumed. Um, there is an incredibly specific matching process. The antibody screening is far more important and extensive than blood donation and is the biggest reason why there is such a huge list for kidney donors. I really struggle to believe this story is true. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. what do you think about all that? So I got a couple more good uh, things from somebody as well about that. Uh, in addition to what those very insightful uh, and logical things are. First of all, she said that you usually have to trans like to put the kidney in the new person like pretty soon afterward as well. Mm -hmm. Like if you're just taking kidneys and selling them and that like th that that can't really happen and work. You can't bring it down to the local uh, covered market. <laughs> yeah, you can't. You're not gonna exactly. put it out on a nice tray. <laughs> be like, yeah. I just caught it today, you know, it's fresh <laughs> off the boat <laughs> this morning. <laughs> yeah. um, that and also she said the location of the staples sounded suspicious that they would be somewhere else as well. So I don't know, but yeah, I mean, I'm glad that you were especially skeptical about this. I was kind of like hoping that it was true. I, I wasn't hoping that it was true, but you know, I was willing to kind of take the ride, so. Yeah, I, I, exactly, and I agree with that. I think it's more fun to, 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 to see where it goes and to buy into it. Um, I, the story will stick with me, certainly, and I think it is possible that this could happen. But like you said, for it to be successful, you probably need the donor and the recipient on operating tables right next to each other. My guess would be that medically, right. that's typically how it goes. Same with the heart. You're taking it from one to the other. I mean, I've watched enough Grey's Anatomy in my day to know, yeah, as you said, you probably don't have much time for that kidney to kind of continue to function and be put into a new home uh, and take. So... Who knows? Uh, what do you think? Overall, if you had to render a decision, do you think that story is a complete falsehood or what do you think? So I've heard that story before. Like we said, we've heard versions of that story. That one was so specific that I was maybe kind of willing to entertain the possibility that it was real. Hearing all of these objections that we're getting from medical professionals, I am now siding with it is not true. Yeah. Now, that isn't to say that the girl who sent it in is a liar. It's entirely possible that she was just the last in a line of people who were, were sent the story or, or duped. Totally. But she did phrase it as though it was a, a, a close acquaintance of hers. Two degrees of separation, which was close enough to like have specific details like she did. Yeah, to, to be like, uh, you know, somebody who could have been sent pictures of the scar, right? Right. You know, right, like right, if, right. if I'm her and I've heard that story, I'm like, oh my God. Send pics, yeah. Send pics, <laughs> you know, ASL. <laughs> um, Guys, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, fill in the blanks here. If I were in a concert right now and I said, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, I'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium and you would all yell, anchor, anchor. And then you'd say, go to anchor.fm to download the software where you could host your very own podcast, see all the best analytics. You could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical and industry jargony. 
It's a way that any person can look at it and be like, ooh, that's pretty. And also it's our podcast. And you, there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize. So you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running. It's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, anchor.fm, download it now. Wow. All right. Well, that's pretty interesting. So uh, speaking of ASL, a friend of mine is talking about how right now he doesn't have any girls to text with during quarantine. And it's making him kind of like bummed out. Mm-hmm. And I just feel bad for him because like every text he's probably sending on Raya or whatever is like, so how you doing during all this? Yeah. It's so cringe, dude. It's, you can't come up with any new material. It's, right. it's, it's brutal. Um, I, I did read though, Julio, that sexting and nudes have seen a massive spike. I think wow. people have done away with their kind of pussy footing around. I think there's a lot more just to the point. These are my tits. These are my balls. <laughs> do with them what you will. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? Yeah. And, and I think that makes sense. I mean, in a time like this, let's, you know, it's almost like when um, after people came home from World War II, the, the boomer gener- generation, uh, everyone just said like, fuck it, we're fucking, we're fucking everything. <laughs> no condoms. I almost got shot in a dirty trench over in the Japanese islands. Literally. I don't care anymore. <laughs> you know, I'll take my chances. I'm not pulling out. And uh, (laughs) I think that's what happens in times of crisis like this. Everyone's like, well, you know, I could be getting Corona. What do I care about if my boobies end up on, you know, neighbortits.com or something? Totally, dude. Whatever. They're tits. Free the nipple. Yeah. Dude, did your grandparents fight in World War II, by the way? Sorry for interrupting. No, no. I'm glad you asked. Um, My mother's father was Admiral Kincaid's flag lieutenant. Wow. And he was, you know, a big, he was the Admiral of the Navy. Uh, and we have a great picture of him um, walking through the jungle in Japan with Admiral Kincaid. Now, I think the wow. flag lieutenant is kind of like a ceremonial position. Uh, I think it's literally the dude who, like, carries the flag. Okay, so he's just kind of like... No, but it's 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 a very honorary position. Right. Like you got to yeah. earn it. I think it's like a, a kind of a big deal. But um, I'm not sure how many people my grandfather may or may not have killed, or how you know what I mean. Right. Um, well, his whoever he was commanding over would have been. He wouldn't have been doing it anyway. Yeah, exactly. And then um, this is cool. My my dad's parents, both of them, were in the CIA. Whoa. And they were stationed in Indonesia. And that's actually how they met each other. No way. And then somehow their covers were blown, so they had to, like, quit the foreign service. But my, my dad's father, was he went to Yale, he was in Skull and Bones, and then wow. went to the CIA. I mean, wow. that story is true. Wow. Um, and that it was a feeder back then. Those were the early days of the CIA, and he went straight into the CIA, and he went over to Indonesia, and he was learning you know, whatever the hell language they speak over there. Uh, That's crazy. And, uh, and he met my grandmother and they were, they were very young. I mean, I, my grandmother was like 20. My grandfather was like 23 and they got married and started having kids when their covers were blown. That's fucking crazy, dude. Pretty um, cool, right? That's really cool. I mean, dude, two things. First of all, fun fact for the listeners, Indonesia is the most populous Muslim country in the entire world. I knew that. Yeah. That's a good one. Uh, That's number wild. two, isn't it? So it's amazing how in order for you, this is a very high thought 
like yo but it's amazing like all the specific things that need to happen for you to be sitting here talking to me including your grandparents meeting in indonesia it's a great point yeah you know it's insane dude yeah and, and and even beyond that just to think about all the sort of scientific and technological discoveries that would enable you and me to be having a face-to-face conversation even though we're hundreds of miles apart i know man i know and it's, then recording it for people to listen to wow it's it's crazy yeah. i mean good on us for being alive both my grandfathers were german prisoners of war um no way yeah one of them he's really funny he would always like say shit about because he was uh I forget how this was the thing. He, oh, because he was with a bunch of like Russians, I guess, in the camp or something. I don't know. I don't know exactly how this went down. But he always had like negative things to say about Russians, but he would never get into specific detail. So he'd be like, ah, the Russian fucking. And then he just wouldn't say anything else. <laughs> this fucking guy, she's animal. And then like there would be no actually specific story that came along with that. So I was just like, okay. Yeah, but dude, the, the Russians were animals in world war ii i know dude uh and and i don't even think i'm insulting them by saying that i mean when they came through berlin after they sacked the city a lot of berlin citizens i mean the the russians like raped and pillaged berlin jesus dude it was not it was not like, okay, the war's over. Let's abide by, you know, NATO peacekeeping shit or United Nations agreements or the, what, the Geneva Convention, I don't, whatever. The Russians just had their way. And uh, a lot of that was because the Germans had attacked them in, you know, the Battle of Stalingrad and St. Petersburg. Yeah. And those, the, the Russians lost like tens of millions of soldiers. They lost 20 million people, they said, in the war. Yeah, and they just kept throwing guys out. They just like, just wave after wave after wave and outlasted the Germans. Anyway. Crazy, but it's true, man. I mean, no one's ever success. Like Napoleon tried. You got to learn from the lessons of history, man. Yeah, and by the way, when I said tens of millions of people, I wasn't too sure. And then you said 20, and I'm glad I was technically correct yeah you know because it, 20 is two tens of millions of people <laughs> which allows me to put the s on the plural of yeah, yeah very barely. solid very solid ballparking barely eligible <laughs> um okay so uh i want to oh let me ask you this um sure. and you you know you can feel free to answer this or not but i have to say my my like sex drive has gone way down and my i'm not masturbating that much either interesting it's like once or twice a week now and uh i read an article that said that that's also happening but that people either go one of two ways right now they're either like coming constantly and masturbating three or four times a day because they're so bored or <laughs> they are have gone the way of me and and i'm an avid masturbator I, i'm a big fan um <laughs> And I never thought that I would slow down like this, but I just find, yeah, I just kind of forget, you know? Right. Well, do you think that, cause all right, I am alone here. Like my girlfriend isn't yeah. here. So I figured you'd be probably up, up in the numbers. Yeah. I'm in the other, I think I'm the opposite end of the spectrum. Like I'm really, I miss my girlfriend. Like if I, if she was here, I would probably like attack her like a fucking wild yeah. animal. Yeah. 
But yeah, like I, I feel you, but do, does that have something to do with the fact that you're with your girlfriend? Yeah, I wonder. I mean, there's, first of all, there's really no place to hide and masturbate in peace. Right. And secondly, we're just, we have so much busy shit going on that we're kind of distracted by like, okay, the day's over now we're cooking or we're going to, you know. Right. Um, Dude, that, but that brings up an amazing thing that I was thinking about the other day. Mm. I have a virtual reality headset. And I, I like, I've made virtual reality videos in the past. I like using it and whatever. And I was thinking it would be, and I know how to make VR videos. So I was like, I want to make a VR POV porn with my girlfriend. Just so for that, each other? No. So that when, well, you can shoot it from both vantage points, but so that when she's, I can't see her for a month in some time of crisis, I can still virtually bang her. Mm, that is a good idea. I, she said I, no fucking way. <laughs> Oh, she did. Ugh. Is it a bummer? Well, it is a good idea. I, I, I just here's the thing. I don't. I've never. I've never watched VR porn, and I don't understand. This is the thing I don't understand. Like, would would you shoot it when the two of you are together, actually having sex? Yes. Oh, okay, okay. I thought it was going to be like digital. She would shoot it from her end, and you would shoot it from your end when you're apart. So, oh, interesting. Okay, so you, you'd have to shoot it when you're having sex. And if you wanted to do it, you'd have to shoot it separately. So I would shoot it first so you could see her, and then she would shoot it so she could see me, which doesn't seem particularly appealing, but whatever. Um, yeah, you wouldn't want it for, <laughs> imagine if you watched it from her end. <laughs> <laughs> just getting banged by yourself, dude. You're just fucking yourself. <laughs> oh, That's the yeah, ultimate. Julia. Look at your face. Oh, I'm riding me. Dude, that is crazy. That is so insane. I bet there are people that do that, though. Imagine how much of a narcissist you'd have to be. Dude, you'd have to be the biggest narcissist of all time to bang yeah. yourself in VR. Oh, oh God. God. That's crazy, God. dude. I can't even look in the mirror during sex. <laughs> I can't. You, I don't like don't? me. No, it tur me turns me off. Uh, my ass. I don't like my ass. It's too small. And <laughs> I, I, I do some lip biting as if I'm dancing. And yeah, and it, ugh, it's like, what are you doing, man? Just Then I try so hard to keep a neutral face. And that's hard because then like veins start popping out of my forehead. And ah, it's just a, it's a bad look. Dude, you know Josh Wesson, right? Yeah. He told me something. He like, when he was, he's like, dude, when I was younger, I used to like talk so much during sex. He's like, now I don't say shit. <laughs> <laughs> I found that very funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I do like to, I do, I, I sometimes I'll get kind of theatrical at the ejaculation moment. Oh, yeah? Like, what do you Yeah, do? I'll ham it up. Be like, here it comes. <laughs> you know? Like we're, like we're going down the big hill, the first hill on a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, that's uh I like to let you know, let them know. That's let, hilarious. Let my girlfriend know. <laughs> oh god. Uh, anyway, so that's sex. So we got an email uh about a very, very specific quarantine related situation actually i don't even know if you can call it quarantine related but this unfolded and we're gonna read it so here we go <coughs> 
Had a boyfriend of three years. We broke up because I found out he was cheating on me. Fast forward a year after the breakup, I had since moved to Colorado and I was back home in New York for Christmas and noticed that I never got my Harry Potter books back from him. About two years back, I let him, uh, I had let, sorry. About two years back, I had lent them to this nine-year-old nephew of his to read. Keyword is lent, right? I wanted them back now because it's been two years and my niece is approaching reading age. So I want to be able to give them to her. I decide to shoot him a text since we are on civil terms at this point. His cousin is married to my cousin, so we have to be, but that's a whole other story. I ask him if, when said nephew is done with the books, can I get them back? He proceeds to flip out saying that he thinks it's ridiculous I would take something back from a nine-year-old. I then said, well, I thought he was just borrowing them. I'm sorry. And when he's done, if he's, not, if he's not done, he can finish reading them first. It's not urgent. It's been a year. I've never heard from him again. Oops. There goes the next family gathering. What do you think? Yeah, I think um, not returning the entire pantheon of Harry Potter books and I don't know if pantheon's the right word there. The, the whole, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Bundle? Is that not good sure. enough one? We'll go with bundle, we'll but you, bundle. you know what I mean. The, the, the entire books one through seven. Anthology? And, yes, but good. The collection, the anthology. Anthology's great. To not return that is a dick move. And sure. I, I mean, because you're talking about $150 worth of books there. I'm presuming they're all hard copy. I don't know why I presume that, but uh, it's not as if she gave them as a gift to this kid. And I, I, I just think it, it brings to mind like, okay, yeah, when you break up with someone, typically that person will have some of your belongings and you'll have some of their belongings and there should be a prisoner swap of sorts, a right. goodwill exchange of of goods right um especially she said that they're on good terms so i don't know why i guess he thought you know he doesn't want to take it out of the hands of his little nephew but if the nephew's already read all the books number one he probably doesn't need them anymore but number two it's on the ex-boyfriend to buy copies if the nephew really wants them that bad and then return her books to her. Right, right. What do you right. think? There's something annoying about, about this for her. However, if I, am giving, if I lend something to a nine-year-old, I don't anticipate getting it back. But it sounds like the boyfriend was the broker of this lending, so he theoretically yeah. should be, I don't know how it was initially granted to the nine-year-old, but you might be right about that. Yeah, if you give something to a nine-year-old, you're not getting it back. Theoretically, right? But also, at the same token, he he reacted very oddly. No yeah, one's flip out. yeah, no one's suggesting ripping this out of the nine-year-old's hands. Like no. she she made a fair assumption that perhaps he'd started reading them, and even if the nine-year-old girl or boy, whatever, reads one book, give that book back, and then she can start giving the books to her niece or whatever. There there seems to be a very effective way to do this. Yeah. Including just getting new books. Right, right. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I've now come over to your side. I've come to your side. I'm, I'm with you now. Uh, that, that, that's exactly how that should have gone. Uh, it's weird. I don't know. Because they weren't 
They weren't a gift. They were a lend. Right. Yeah. Well, all right. Good luck. Interesting. Yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> I want to know what you think about this. Okay. Um, I was talking with some friends the other day and they were talking about the difference between people on the coast and people in the rest of the country and said it in a very condescending way as if people from coasts are better than people who are not, which I take, I, it bothers me very much. And maybe this is because, and you probably can speak to this as well. I've traveled quite a bit throughout the country and I know people from all over the country and there's a mixed bag of people everywhere in the fucking country. Like people shit on these Southern states, like people from the Northeast would be like, oh, Alabama, whatever. But then I know people from Birmingham who are the most liberal people I know. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, do you have any feelings about this? Like I get really upset when people try to just like, and I, I guess this is a the theme of the episode. You can't just like characterize an entire group of people as being something. Right. So this is not a new point. You know, right. the, the elitism of the coasts is, is a longstanding kind of superiority complex. And, it, you know, ever since people started calling the Midwest or whatever flyover states, right. <laughs> that's a pretty condescending term. Very. It means basically like, don't land there. Do not go to these places. <laughs> They're forgettable, right? And the thing is that America is... There's so much to see in Utah, in Wyoming, in name it, name your state. I mean, my God, the, the, the beauty, the natural beauty, the, the national parks, all of that. From a standpoint of the types of people, though, I think one of the problems you run into is that the majority of America's like elite education places right. are on the coasts. Right. You know, if you think about like the California school systems, totally. the Ivy League schools on the East Coast, that is one of the things that contributes to this idea that like wealth and learning and, uh, you know, higher minded society exists at the bookends of our country. Right. Um, but to your point, that doesn't mean that those people are better. Right. Um, I think that a lot of people in who choose to live in Arkansas, Alabama, wherever, Missouri, the right. South, all of that, are, are great people and great are, people. in fact, nicer people. And, um, and also just to, like there's pockets. Like, dude, I went to a Palestinian wedding in Arkansas, bro. That's insane. Can you imagine that? I went to a Palestinian, like, like you know, that just seems so crazy and random and specific, but like there's always more to uncover everywhere. And to just like write off places that you probably have never even fucking been is part of the reason I feel like why we're just such a divided country. I know I don't want to get into that. Like, no, you know I, I, mean? I, I agree. I agree with that. The one thing I, I struggle with is, and oh, I feel like I'm going to drive some people away with this, but I do think that religion dictates more in certain states than others, right? Meaning, Church and Catholicism and Christianity in some states in the South and Alabama and whatnot is so much bigger of a presence than it is in a place like New York that it allows people, it gives a justification for, you know, a lot of their belief systems. And if you're somebody who thinks that, you know, progress means 
more rights for gay marriage and that, you know, women's rights and all of that, you'll find that uh, there's more of a stubbornness that comes from Bible teachings and all of that in certain states than others. Right. And so depending on where you fall on that side of the debate, you might say like, well, that's bad and that's better. Right. But you could also say that in those places still, there's going to be people who support all these quote unquote progressive things. You know what I mean? Totally. Just as there are racists in New York and there are racists in California. Exactly. Absolutely. Um, but I think, you, you know, from a numbers perspective, it just, the concentrations tend to be higher. Right, right. Yeah, that's an interesting uh, thing, I guess, that we would have to... But, you know, look, I, I would never utter the, the statement that the coasts are better. I don't agree with it either, personally. I, I, I like living near the ocean because I, I like the ocean. I do too. I I'm like, happy with where I live. It's good for yeah. what I do, for what you do. You know what I mean? I can't, I yeah. need to work in New York or LA pretty much. Well, let's ask this question, right? So Chicago is not technically on the coasts, but it often gets lumped in as some kind of East Coast city. Like, what do you think about Chicago? I love Chicago. I think it's really unique and beautiful and the, the whole lake situation. It's a wonderful city and I really like it. I feel like it's, it's been less sort of present in pop culture for whatever reason in like the post John Hughes era. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. Is that the right person? I always... I don't know who that is, but the, I was pretending like I did. The person who made Home Alone and all those movies. Isn't that John Hughes? Could be. I'm checking. Um, yeah. But yeah, but I do. I love Chicago. Do you like Chicago? There's a lot of great cities. I love cities. Chicago. I've only been to Chicago one time and I had an absolute blast. Yeah, it's really... Very good comedy scene. It's great. I mean, dude, there's a handful of cities that I find incredible, you know what I mean, and, and unique. And there's something... I think that if you lead with the idea that you can learn and gain something from everywhere you go, you can only gain from that. Because I feel like the, as people I know start getting older and older, they start feeling like they know everything and they can't learn more. And it's just really stupid. And it's why like that the young generation sure. always thinks the old people are stupid because they are. <laughs> They've yes. got, they aren't all stupid. But you know what I mean by that, right? I know what you mean. I absolutely do. And uh, that is a very noble sentiment that you've offered, that if you go wherever you go, there's something new to learn. Uh, I totally agree with you, and I think that's a good place for us to wrap up for the day. Agreed. Agreed. Why don't you bring us home, G? Sure, dude. Uh, guys, thank you for listening to Oops! The Podcast. <laughs> we've, really, <laughs> we've really enjoyed uh, doing an extra episode for you. And it's been cool for us to sort of change the format the way we do it. We've been recording episodes the day before. Um, please check out our YouTube pay channel. We have all of our episodes, all of our stuff up there. We have so much. You could probably watch our YouTube channel for a year straight at this point with how yes. much content we have up there. Indeed. Um, and keep sending us your emails and, uh, and your DMs. And thank you very much for listening to us. We really appreciate you. Francis, what do you Hell yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Follow Oops! The Podcast on Instagram, Twitter. Send us your emails to at oopsthepodcast uh, oops at gmail.com. And as always, I'm Francis Ellis, and he is Julio Gallerati. There it is, baby. Have a good weekend, everyone. Thank you, guys.